Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 43 of the Mizog Art Podcast. This week is going to be something a little different. I'm taking you to meet one of the country's most exciting jewellery designers, Miss Tessa Metcalf. I was introduced to Tessa via her friends Emily Malice, who featured in episode number 30, and Alex Mayhews, who was a feature of episode number 40. Tessa's work is something really unique. It's inspired by her lifelong affection of the humble pigeon, which features in every piece of her work. And when you walk through Hatton Garden, you pass one brightly lit, shiny, generic jewellery shop after another, their windows being a sort of copy and paste from the last. Then you come across Tessa Metcalf's shop. And just like her designs and her as a person, it really does stand out from the crowd. The front of her shop is adorned with Alex Mayhew's signs. The large shop sign which is the width of the shop, stating Tessa Metcalf, which we do touch on. When I entered her workshop, where her and one of her assistants were were just finishing up, it did feel like you was entering a shop that hadn't been touched for like 80 years. And just like her jewellery, it takes a few moments to realise the sense of antique that you're feeling is actually extremely contemporary that the sense of antique that you're feeling is actually interwoven with contemporary craftsmanship. So come and join me for a stroll through Hatton Garden to the workshop of Miss Tessa Metcalf. So I'm in the workshop of Miss Tessa Metcalf. Hiya, Tessa. Hiya. Um, 
<laughs> I've got seven questions. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it, that first bit yeah. when we've been talking for 20 minutes? Yeah. I've got seven questions I'll ask each artist. How would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? I, uh, I'm a jeweller and I cast pigeons' feet and make fine jewellery from casts which are replicas of pigeons' feet. And the pigeons' feet are not inside. I love that. I love the fact when I found out that you cast because all, all your rings, all the stones are held in by pigeons' feet. Yeah, either held by the pigeons' feet, or the stones are in miniature rings that the pigeons are wearing. Oh, beautiful! I didn't you know, know that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the pigeon. The pigeon. Where does that come from? The love of the pigeon. Um, I think it came from. It's like a really early childhood thing. Um, and I remember, I'm from London, and there's not much wildlife, you don't really have, like, I read a lot of fairy tales, and there's all sorts of, like, woodland creatures, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. living human-like yeah. lives, and, like, pursuing ambitions and dreams, and you just don't really have anything like no. that to relate to, so like I think, but as a, yeah, but I think as a child, you kind of like look for that sort of fantasy and escapism yeah. and that sort of thing. And I just kind of thought, oh, well, there's these pigeons. So I kind of liked them, I think. Yeah. And I remember, like, this is kind of hazy. I've just pieced that together. But I remember, I remember the day that, I remember the feeling of being told that pigeons were dirty and that pigeons were gross and people didn't like them. Yeah. And I remember being like, but I like pigeons. And then that feeling of knowing that the thing that you like is gross and dirty and disgusting, but no one being able to give you a reason for mm. it. It's as if you're sticking out for the downtrodden, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't talk it's to proper the underdog. It's like yeah. the underdog of the bird world, basically. Mm. But for a while, like, it made me feel really weird, and I didn't really know how I felt about pigeons. It was like a big childhood, like, trauma for me. Yeah. And then I was like, no, they're, they're even better, you know? Like, it's better that no one else likes them. Yeah. They are almost a Dickensian child playing in the street, aren't they? Yeah, and so, like, they've just got such... I do literally watch them. Like, they've got such personality. They're, There's so many hilarious. of them with, without a foot, and they? Just walking mm. about on a stump. Yeah, that's me. I need to, <laughs> need to make a new ring so I just get my little pliers out. <laughs> Off you, pop. How, how does that work? Is it like a taxidermy... Yeah, well, I just did it from um, a pigeon that I found, and then I ta taxidermied it, and then I kept its feet, and then I used those feet, and then slowly I've like, I've been given a dead pigeon that someone's found, or I made friends with a guy that worked at Rentakill, and he posted me two pigeons. Are you the Hatton Garden pigeon lady? <laughs> I'm, oh, I get called the pigeon lady quite a lot. Like, I'm okay with that. It's the other names. Yeah, 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 the other ones. Um, yeah, no, I get called pigeon lady. Um, that's fine. Yeah. So oh, there's, there's about there's probably only about six feet pairs. Six pairs. <laughs> six pairs of feet. Looking back on it, do you think that you are seeing the pigeon as you growing up, like a metaphor for yourself? I think I use it as a metaphor for quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sort of, yeah, sort of, uh, there's a class thing, you know. Mm. There's um, the idea of 
of seeing beauty in something that's around you already. I think the idea of like aspiration and like the whole capitalism things just very damaging to people's psyche. And I think if you can appreciate something as being beautiful that you just don't look at because you don't look at it because it's there every yeah. day, or that something that's if you can turn something on its head and you know it's something that you really dislike and then you just own it, yeah, yeah, and you just make that your thing. That's sort of like Gavin like, Turk's sort of approach to. So he, he sort of sorry. He, 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 oh, sorry. Get the bin bag. He made a, a bronze bin bag. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Painted it black, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a it really is a pile of junk, but all of a sudden it's a fine art piece. So yeah, exactly. Turned... And it's not a new idea, you know. No, it's no. it's an old idea. All these ideas are old, but it's just how you do it. And um, yeah. So yeah, the pigeon is a metaphor, definitely. Like for me, that's a really strong thing. But I know there's lots of people that love my work that have never thought about it like that at all, and that's fine, you know. People, there's different things. Yeah, they don't have to buy into your story things. to love your work, do yeah. they? Yeah, or know? they might like other aspects of my work, mm. you know. Like, there's so many different... Yeah, there's a lot of different things in there. Well, I, I, I know I know little about the jewellery trade. Yeah. But I did see that you... Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't um, need to. I'm self-taught. Just make it up. I see that uh, you use just recycled gold. Is that a thing? I don't just use recycled gold, actually. Oh, sorry. I, I That's all right. That's all right. I do most gold in the jewellery trade. I don't say that I exclusively use recycled gold because I think to make that statement, I'd have to have some sort of proof somewhere. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and I don't, actually. But a lot of it is. Like, the vast, vast majority. Where I can, I'll, I'll do everything. And is that a thing in this area? Possible. Or is that just a personal thing for you? Oh, it's just a personal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is the reason for that? Just to, to reuse or because... You, you like the well I mean there's a different quality in it or um there's there's you know there's different types of recycled gold as well yeah. so I work a lot with um I'm at the moment I'm working a lot with like antique gold reusing like old chains which would be melted down for scrap mm. and buying those up because you've got a heritage there you've got like yeah there's there's a look to it as yeah. well it's not something that's made anymore like like these i know that no one can see but like these chain rings you know oh, yeah. like these are from old school like men's necklaces yeah. when yeah, they used I, to I wear them yeah exactly of course you do yeah. everyone did. <laughs> they don't make that anymore no. like it's it's quite hard to buy that chain like new you can yeah. get it but why not just get it old? Like it's yeah. been worn, it's I got agree. a story. And also like a lot of what I do is playing into like uh, the connotations that are pre-existing for something. Mm. So why not use that pre-existing thing? Like it's nice to work with like old jewelry that's already got this idea to it yeah. and then making it something else. And you can use that idea as well as that piece. To create something and to have to, to make to say something, you know, you can say it something just gives it more. A bit more substance, doesn't it? Yeah. To each individual, and you don't I have do to know the story of, of where it had come. No, from. because it's a it's a visual language, you know, like it's international. You don't have to you don't have to understand. I don't know, like the subculture of whatever to get that. Like everyone knows that. Everyone knows 
what it's like to a why someone would wear a big solid gold chain around their neck you know mm. everyone knows the connotations of that everyone knows what a heart-shaped stone means yeah. everyone knows that it's cute but it's kind of naff and like people don't really do that now like i buy up most heart-shaped stones i can find they're really hard to get hold of like people don't want to cut them well they're hard to cut as well oh, are they? yeah because so if you're cutting stones if you think of it like turntables you've got spinning discs yeah, mm -hmm. but then with a heart, you've got to get yeah. that cleavage. And the, and the point, yeah. You've got to get that. The point's fine because you can do that. Got you. Oh, but getting yeah. the cleavage, getting into that cleavage, you can't do that on a spinning disc. So the only there's only one place which will cut a diamond into a heart. It's in Antwerp. Shit. Yeah. So we've got a postal service. It's fine. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> good. <laughs> that makes it easier, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot yeah, yeah. across. But like it's annoying. Don't get me wrong. It's annoying. Shoot across like Del Boy with his bag full of diamonds. Yeah, basically. Also, you know, like that's one of the other things about about the trade and why you know you could you could travel you could travel halfway across the world with a very very small bag of diamonds in your pocket and you've got forty million quid yeah. on you. How else are you going to carry 40 million quid on your person? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? They're what's, weird, What's your like, favourite stone? I mean, you've got several... Again, I don't know. <laughs> there was a really, really, really beautiful sapphire that one of my stone dealers had for a while. It was a lilac sapphire. And it was so nice. And I really, really liked it. Are they very it. expensive? Yeah, sapphires no are pretty expensive, yeah. Especially a big one like that. That stone... Uh, I can't remember. I think the stone was about six grand, maybe, which is not to you. Is yeah, to me, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not massive in the grand scheme of like what you can pay for something. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I didn't buy it, but I still think about it. But um, sapphire is nice, but I wouldn't say sapphire is my favourite stone. Um, opals are amazing, but they're just so fragile that any any stone setter would just never ever pick an opal as their favourite stone. They'd have to be a status. <laughs> um, but they are beautiful. Do you know what you would have done with that lilac? Mm. Did you have it in mind as soon as you see it? You thought I'd do that with it. A little bit, yeah. It probably change a bit. I mean, I generally I design a lot when I make, so people often say oh, like, nice. "Oh, are you going to do sketches or like whatever?" It's like, no, I'll do as minimal sketches as possible because it's probably not going to look like mm. how I think it will. So even if I could draw yeah. what I'm thinking. You're gonna get something that's kind of different. A lot anyway. of the time, a sketch might just be to get over a little problem that you're having yeah. in your head. I mean, I sent someone a sketch. <laughs> I sent someone a sketch today. I can show you. I know that this is really bad podcast material, but um, and they send it back going, really? No, no, this is this on, is the sketch. On the back I of a <laughs> <laughs> So it's just an upside down heart and up the right way heart and in the centre there's an oval yeah 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 yeah. and it is a doodle when you're sitting on the it's phone it's a doodle it? yeah yeah on the back of a screwed up brown packet he's going to give me four grand for that engagement ring excellent but how much for the doodle wow <laughs> comes free with it yeah but you know it's just explaining an idea as, as simply as quickly as possible but yeah, yeah the majority of my designing I do I do when I'm making I'm a 3D person I'm not a 2D person. I and find a page very intimidating. And where did that come from? Because you you didn't do a degree in sculpture or... No, I did a degree in illustration, which is probably when I realised that I was not a 2D person. <laughs> yeah, looking at that, like, it's probably a good shit. move. <laughs> <laughs> I see 
seem to have made an so, error. So you've got three years of uh, study to come up with that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that was a bit of a mistake. But um, it wasn't a mistake, actually. I The reason I did illustration isn't because I wanted to draw pictures. It's because I was interested in the idea of visual communication. And illustration, more so than art, is uh, focused on how you communicate. I mean, art... You are communicating, but you don't have to get your precise message across no. that yeah. clearly. Like people, it's, it's interpretation is such a big part of it, and interpretation is a big part of what I do as well. Like we were talking about, but when I wanted to study, especially, I was very interested in the language of visual communication as like a as as an idea, mm. as, as a concept, and that's why I wanted to study illustration. But then I got on the course and realised that most people were just drawing pictures, yeah? yeah. <laughs> I think, again, a bit confused. Yeah, yeah. A bit confused, yeah. But um, also, I'm glad I've never studied jewellery because studying, I think, can make you incredibly overcritical and can put, especially from someone else's viewpoint, where you might not even respect their opinion, you know? Like, or you you respect their opinion within their, that context, but later on you can be like, that's got nothing to do with what I was trying to do. And you become so overcritical, well, I became incredibly overcritical of anything that I did to the point where I didn't want to create anything. Yeah. And it sucked all the, the joy out of the subject that I enjoyed. I have exactly that at the moment. Yeah, it's really, and I think education, education um, is very, is a very dangerous thing. I think it's in so many ways, in the way that it's taught incredibly badly and people don't get fundamental education that they need. Um, and it's not prioritized. And then in other ways where it's used to, you know, like to spread one person's viewpoint, like essentially you're being taught by one person or two people or whatever, mm. who are from a school of thought that that you know like isn't necessarily aligned with what you're trying to do you know we should be progressing not but, looking back yeah but hopefully as creatives you're going to take on their point of view and use it within your own context but not everyone yeah does but that you're not necessarily taught you're not necessarily taught skill sets you're no. often taught opinion yeah because sometimes and on my not... course you were definitely taught opinion you weren't like you were given opinion, you weren't given skills. Yeah. Well, when was it you first decided you wanted to be a jeweller? Uh, I'm not really sure because it's one of these things where it's all just a natural progression and you never make a decision um, about what it is. You just sort of are doing a process and you're just doing what you feel is right to do. Um, on my, it was on my degree course in second year, we did a thing called extension studies. Um, I'd already done some work around the pigeon at this point because I had this like childhood memory of seeing a dead pigeon in a gutter and you know when you get petrol in the gutter and it's oh, all yeah, swirly yeah, it was like that and it was also on this pigeon a yeah. bit and then the actual feathers of the pigeon's neck are those same yeah, greens and that, purples yeah. and that was my favorite colors was like trippy greens and purples yeah. I was like well into that yeah um, and I remember just thinking it was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. But again, it was like, oh, that's dirty, that's disgusting, don't look at that. And then me being like, it's so pretty. 
and that sort of like that being torn between something being disgusting but actually like really beautiful like yeah. I've got a massive thing about mould mould is so beautiful <laughs> so gross like, like don't breathe that in but wow it's like the yeah. prettiest yeah. miniature rug ever you know and it's um, it's that it's that sort of it's something it's like kimchi you know if you like kimchi and you like sauerkraut it's something that's rotten that it triggers something in your brain this is why people either love it or hate yeah. it it's because your brain is going like mm, that's a bit <laughs> off you shouldn't like that and then something else is your, in your brain is going mm, poison. Yeah, like, I like that. what the fuck like let's yeah. have some more like that's what that is that feeling and i love that wait what was the question Oh no, it was about, no, I remember, I remember. So I'd already started doing some work on the pigeon and I'd done this painting, it was not a very good painting, but I think it was a good idea. The most of my degree was me doing quite a bad thing, but of what essentially, idea, yeah. I, I still believe, they didn't, was a good idea. But, um, but for me often, like the idea was the most important bit. And once I'd got that, I kind of didn't really care what yeah, I did. Yeah. It was just like, a shit illustration, you yeah, know? It, it's just a shit drawing to yeah, explain something that's I bigger. I find that a lot in, in my artwork. I, I try to, it's, it's as if you're given a, a problem in your own mind and to produce the artwork is, is to make the problem like a Rubik's Cube is yeah. an analogy I made earlier. So the problem you have, then you finish it in your head, you finish the Rubik's Cube, now you've got to make a Rubik's Cube to show everyone that you're correct. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not that that's fun, that bit. That's the boring bit, bit. Yeah. yeah. But lots of people find, find a lot of pleasure in that. And... Especially with jewellery, there's a lot of people that, they, you know, they want to be painstakingly, like, perfect. They want to create something that looks like a machine made it, yeah. you know. I don't have that in me. I'm okay to not be able to make mad parallel lines and, like, a handmade collet and this and this, you know. Like, I know people that do, and they do it really well. But that's that's not me. I don't, yeah, I don't doesn't care if it's... Either, yeah. Yeah. Like, anyway... But yeah, so, so sorry, that was me interjecting. No, that's fine. I've definitely got distracted. You so getting, you, where were we? From illustration so there was the pigeon. The I did that painting. They weren't into that. Wicked. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Clearly, well over it. <laughs> In it, <Yeah>. prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well over him. I'm on a wheelchair and I'm just working my way to the door. <laughs> yeah. She's locked me in You'll have fucking to. rocket. You'll yeah. have to soon. <laughs> and then, um, right, then we'll be up to Sorry. That's alright. And then, so it's pigeon. That was it. I did extension studies. I did a multi-material making jewellery class. And I made friends with the teacher and we just did like some really basic like there was an enameling kiln and there was like a couple of other things anyway and then um, and then I took in I'd by this point taxidermied a pigeon and made a hat um, and I took in just put that out there um, <laughs> I took in the feet and I asked her if I could cast the feet and she was Beautiful. like it's not really something that we're doing on the course but I'll show you like some basic casting techniques and she did she was great her name was Kath Lafan she was really Kath good. Kath the fan. She was amazing. If and she, she didn't was show honestly you that. the only I don't know what I do yeah. You I'd already be, drawn yeah. a picture of I'd drawn in one of my sketchbooks a picture of this foot and I'd done it in gold, in gold ink. And I think I'd drawn it holding a jewel. So I'd already thought about it. And that's maybe also why I wanted to do that course. 
a little bit, but I hadn't really pieced it all together yet. Oh, nice. I like stories like that. Yeah. And then she showed me a few casting techniques, and then I made friends with her a bit. I think she felt sorry for me, probably. Uh, she was cool. She was cool. She was probably the only person who was, like, supportive, actually. Yeah. I don't think she particularly, like, was massively into what I was doing, but she, like, gave no, me the was, freedom to just do it. She saw the eagerness in you. Yeah, and she was just like, cool, you want to do this? Yeah, cool. Like, I'll show you how to do it. And then she, it was when, like, class was out, and that was actually at Plumpton Agricultural College. This thing Agricultural? Was. Yeah, Plumpton Agricultural College. Okay. I didn't realise it wasn't just in Brighton Uni, <laughs> or I might not have signed up for that course. Oh. And then I realised, I signed up for it, and I was like, oh, wait, shit, where's that? I've got to get a train? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just made friends with a girl who had a car on the first day, and was like, wicked. <laughs> so then me and three of my mates <laughs> all hopped in her car. We gave her petrol money, she was cute. Um, yeah, and then... Yeah, and she let me go and do a few more casts in the holidays when when the kids weren't there, when the like the agricultural college kids weren't there. The farmers. The farmers. <laughs> yeah. No, I was into the farmers. I did some shooting with the farmers. I made friends with them farmers. Yeah, they got your pigeons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in it. <laughs> when um, got your use. <laughs> which piece that you've created do you hold most dear? I was thinking about this question earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there's sort of two ways I can answer it. There's, obviously I do a lot of bespoke stuff, so I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of clients that come to me with their stories, and it's something that's like really precious to them. I'll just answer it in both ways. It'll probably be easier than me explaining <laughs> my logic and how I'm gonna answer it. Because it's, it's Cause probably not gonna work, is the it? The story doesn't get any shorter, you know? <laughs> It's not the way that I work. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. <laughs> How long is this podcast? Mm. Too um, long. <laughs> cut Today, out like 10 we minutes We started ago. on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've only got four sets of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just slowly getting dark outside. <laughs> Light. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have people that come to me with their stories. So there's one ring where a girl came to me. She... I've been through quite a lot. She recovered. She was, I think she'd by that point pretty much recovered from having like some pretty intense open heart surgery. Um, and she wanted to have like a ring made that was like her strength about like her open heart surgery, you know? Yeah, like cool. that's mental. And there was more to the story than that as well, but I'm, yeah, I'm not, it's long enough. <laughs> Um, so something like that's incredible because then you design around it. So I designed, she wanted a big ring, but whereas, yeah, there was a few sort of like complications with that sort of thing, with like the ideas of what we were doing. So what I did in the end was I got this really big citrine faceted stone, it's quite really pale yellow, and I chopped the bottom off and polished it up and like faceted, like recut re it to make a window in the bottom and then set a ruby heart in the oh, bottom nice. underneath. So you look through the top of the stone and it's like a secret, it's like at the bottom and you can only see yeah. it if you really look in. And it's like, it just looks like a big cocktail ring, but then you've got this like little so ruby something heart. something just for her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like your strength, you know, it's like oh, your nice. inside, you know. So I have pieces like that where that's amazing to like work with someone and create something for did someone she just give about you a, a feeling, you know. Yeah, 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 she just... Give you and a there story. Was also, yeah, she told me the story. Um, and she liked the big, the big rings. Yeah. And also she had a cat, that's part of the story as well, and her cat was called Ruby, so I was like, oh, cool, we've go. got to get some Rubies in here. Yeah. 
And um, and her cat was like with her during recovery because she was, you know, she's bed bound. Like it's very long process, very long, like painful process in many ways. Um, so yeah, so and then I took all of that and created it. And she was amazing as well. She was really like, just do whatever. Just like that's my story. You have that, nice. and just do whatever. That's how I feel, yeah. Which is perfect. It's really nice to be given a starting point to someone who's just like you know, there's this thing, or it's a feeling, or it's whatever, and then you run with it. Yeah. Just being like... So she's giving you the foundation of the story, and you're making the rest up mm. in the ring, as it were. Yeah. yeah and yeah. what's the other one? And the other one. So the other one's more about, it's more about me. It's like, for me, the most, the thing that I probably love the most in the whole collection is the birds when they're wearing the mini rings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And that, <clears throat> that for me personally is really special. And that was my brother's idea. Oh, so, good. yeah, so it's like a bit of him as well. What does he do? He's a welder. Yeah, he actually died. So oh, he sorry. Was I'm sorry. A welder. But he also worked for me. We worked together. Um, oh, even more beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so for me, like, that's always going to be amazing. Of course. And, and that's and just, it's just, the humour in it is just brilliant. Yeah. It's like you're taking a diamond that's, I mean, I've done engagement rings now with like pretty big, sparkly, fancy yeah, diamonds, yeah. and I've set that diamond into a miniature ring that is worn by a pigeon. Excellent. Like, that's great. And the, sub the subversion of taking something that's so expensive and it's got its perceived value and all of this, and then putting it on a pigeon's claw is like, it's just, it's just, the, the industry is ludicrous. Like, yeah. all of this shit is just mental. Like, so just to do something ridiculous is, is just fun. And it's, it's just always fun. got your brother, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Beautiful, exactly. beautiful. Exactly, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to so. have made you say that. I didn't... No, no, that's all I right. I brought it up. That wasn't a, something I'd written down. I had no idea. You've, that, just yeah. had, you've just had the third anniversary of this shop. Yes. It was uh, plenty of pigeons. Yeah, loads of pigeons. Plenty of people, plenty of yeah, booze, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, wasted, yeah. <laughs> You, you work a lot here. Yeah. Where do you go to relax? Or what do you do to relax? So. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> now you ask. You know what? This is actually probably my happy place here. Mm. Like. It's beautiful inside. I know I've said this to you already. Yeah. But it's like opening the door, walking in. And as I said to you earlier, it's as if. You've just walked into one of those shops where they've taken the shutters off after yeah. 60 or 70 years, hasn't it? And this is perfect for me, like, this time. Because Hatton Garden shuts down, you know, everything's shut. And I've got, like, during the day, you have the postman come in, whatever, you know, things to do, like my stone setters, polishers, you know, people popping in. In the evening, you don't. This area's just shut down. And it's just so peaceful. Nice. And I can, I have like, I have many, many rules that I've created over the years for most aspects of my life. One of which, but in the evenings, I'm not going to work on what needs to be done, you know? Like, if I want to, I will. Mm. But if I want to work on just something different or like whatever I want, you know, like there's no rules. I can just work on whatever I want. I'm not going to like. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, that's. Like now, like it's calmer, you know. It's nicer, isn't it? Mm, definitely. I mean, you won't really hear that much earlier. But no, but I, I know, I know this area. 
pretty yeah. well and it yeah. is hectic. The it's whole, hectic. The whole it's like at the week and the weekend. It's just shut. Everything's shut. Print's yeah. shut. Like Sainsbury's are shut. I, mean, I, I don't shop in either of those establishments, but before I went they're away, shut. <laughs> I went away when I was 26. Before that, I was running a few doors in and around the city on a mm. Friday. And it used the to be shut. used to be nine o'clock. The city police told you nine o'clock. Pub shut. Everyone's out. Yeah. By ten o'clock, they want the streets emptied. That was then. It's great. It's great. But then the people who are about, because uh, you know, there's old council houses down here and stuff. Oh, I love it. And you've got like the proper old community. Oh my god, the twins that live upstairs. <laughs> okay, we'll just keep an eye out. If I see them, I'll open the door and I'll get the twins in. That'll be a whole other podcast. Male or female? Male. They're about sixty odd. They've lived upstairs their whole lives. Brilliant. They are absolutely insane, and I love them so much. I saw my mate Elliot earlier, and he goes to me, Kessa, I think I saw, I think I saw your twins when I was in King's Cross." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean you saw the twins when you were in King's?" He's like, "Look, I took a picture over my shoulder." Gets a picture out, and I'm like, "That is your shoulder with the twins." <laughs> and he was just like, "And they're just doing something. God knows what. They just scurry about. Excellent. They are mental. They are so good. I Do love they pop them. in to see you, or you just? Yeah, sometimes they pop in to see me." Uh, they often get my post. I sometimes get their post. They've got a lot of opinions that they like telling me about, and I just listen. They are amazing. Oh, don't you just need people like that? Oh yeah, no, they're great. I love them so much. I, I sort of half envy you. My my neighbours are normal. Oh really? Yeah, I know. Mm. That's not good. Right, talking about your shop, your shop sign. Yes, and Alex Mayhew. Alex Mayhew's. You've got a big shop sign, you've got a little shop sign, and you've got some even smaller little signs and yeah, stuff about. Yeah, I've got some pretty fancy ones. I mean, they're all pretty fancy. She's got some also, pretty good stuff think going on here. Once you've got a sign that says your name, Bob Shop, you're like, that's probably it for signs. I think of new signs that I need <laughs> yeah. all the time. I've got a bathroom one out the back that she gave me last <laughs> weekend. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. She was just like, oh, you go, bathroom sign. I was like, oh, wicked. <laughs> Put that straight up, lovely. Got my drill out. Um, oh, she's like, she's good, like, she's got spirit levels. <laughs> Have a fuck. Have you seen this shop? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just bash a couple in holes it. in. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the angles of this shop. This isn't even trying to be a square. Look no, at it. you can see. You just seeing that in here. There's the right yeah. angles are wrong angles. Aren't yeah, they? there's no right angles. No, it's not. Nothing. Good. Getting that, making that was a nightmare. Cutting the slate to go in the windows. That was strange. That was really weird. Because just the angles are just all off. It's yeah. just not, you leave the shop and you draw a plan of what you think the shop looks like and it's just totally different. Yeah, the like measurement from one end of the shop is definitely different to the front, isn't it? Mm. We're on a slight corner. And then, yeah, I don't know. What was the question? Alex. Oh, it, no, it was just Alex, because you've got yeah. your, your... Alex is a question in herself. She's a, she's a question. She's questionable, that one. She's a questionable young bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Opinion <bird. laughs> So you got the sign above the shop. Is it the same as the what would you that's call that smaller. sign? Is that a trading sign or something you call it? Uh, you take it to your show. That's my portable narcissistic sign. <laughs> yeah. My own name. You've got one above your bed. <laughs> one in the Yeah. <laughs> no, I name. used to have my show sign, my old show sign, I used to leave on the mantelpiece <laughs> in my bedroom. And it was like this is just really weird. I wake up and just look at my name like yeah, people come round and go, oh, I know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Pipe down. Um, Why don't you have it towed on you? Just take it with you. People do, though, don't they? It's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. But is that the same as the one above the door? Yeah, it's so slightly one simpler. That, show, that one's is, got that? a double... Seven feet? Uh, six? I can't remember. Six foot? Is that six foot? Something along there. 
six, seven foot, and it folds in the middle. I designed the frame with the hinge. Alex was like, you can't do, you know, like, you can't do a folding frame. I was like, babe, <laughs> I've drawn you a diagram. I've seen Let me, diagrams. you know what, I think I might have it. Yeah, do you want to see? <laughs> I've got so many notebooks. These are, these are all my diagrams. I'm pretty sure it was in this one. You've got to have loads of I mean, of you notebooks. can't see it That's a dream well. I drew. You can't, you can't see, um, see the join from... From here, really. Don't no, it's good, isn't it? So I designed the frame, though. and then her boyfriend um, made the frame. That's my favourite gravestone. Good gravestone. Really Dead. good one. Yeah, just see. But not forgotten. Well, it will be one day. You never hope. know. Always hope. You never know. The, the sign might so live on. There you go. <laughs> it fucking is it all. Oh. I was like, like that, babe. Like that. Yeah, yeah it's works. easy enough, isn't it? It's yeah. Solid. Isn't it? You can do that. She showed it to Robbie and was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. That's a pretty good little constru construction, isn't it, with a piano hinge in there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously it would be nicer if it folded the other way, because then the glass would be protected, but you just can't do it like that. No, it's one or the other, isn't it? Exactly. You we can just make a coffin it. for it. <laughs> you can either have it practical or not. Yeah. And what's the coffin made out of wood? The coffin, you've got me at it. Yeah. What's the box for it made out of? Is yeah, it it's like MDF or something. Yeah, it's just cheap wood, but it's really nicely done. That's made by someone else. That's made by Tim. I know lots of people that like make things and we just trade. It's yeah, really of course. Nice. Of I'm course like Peyton sometimes though, because, you know, but he's done a lot of, yeah. I've got Anshley, I've got a carpenter coming in tomorrow who's supposed to be paying off his engagement ring that I made him a year ago that he's still not finished paying off. <laughs> which I'm clearly absolutely fine about. Yeah, yeah we've got no choice, have you? If you, if you haven't got Do the money, you haven't got like, the money. But they're weddings on New Year's Eve and they want wedding rings, so I'm like, yeah. better come make me a cabinet. <laughs> yeah, you pay off yeah. the engagement one first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you're not going to get a wedding married without any rings, are you? Um, been there, done that, done that. Um, for the artists... I normally ask a question. You and five artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Right. How can I ask you that, do we think? You can just ask me that. <laughs> Can't you? You and five other artists, <laughs> <laughs> past and present. <laughs> what would your ideal group show be? Right. Miss, uh, what's your name again? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're stood in a shrine <laughs> to myself. That's what I've created here. <laughs> Mirrors on every wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be a bit much. Um, okay, so I thought of a few. I thought about this earlier. Um, do you know a guy called Duke Riley? No, not Duke Riley. Not uh, Might name. possibly love pigeons more than I do. Really? It's possible. It's possible. There's two of them in this world, is there? I know, right? <laughs> right? I met him once and I was so excited. And he was just like... Cool. Did you coo to each other across the room? <laughs> Mate, I don't, he didn't even look me in the eye. Oh. It was incredible. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just too cool. Too cool. But um, So he does quite a lot of stuff with pigeons. He, uh, there's one thing that I went to with Alex, actually, which was amazing where he flew all these pigeons that had LED lights attached to their feet. I, I know this. Yeah. yeah. So he's from New York, and he's done it in New York, he's done it here, he's done it in a few other places. It's incredible. It's like being under the sea. So we just, like, laying down, I don't even remember where we were, like, South London somewhere. And you're just lying in, it was in, they did it in a reservoir, 
like an old disused oh, wow. reservoir that also had a toilet museum in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Me and Alex was like, wicked, there's beers, a toilet museum, and we're going to look at pigeons. This is so good. It's right um, up your street. Yeah, yeah, we were, it was the best day of my life. Let's put it that way. Yeah? Um, and then, yeah, so you're just lying down this field, and it's just quiet. Everyone just is quiet. And then he starts, he just opens the things and the pigeons fly out and the little lights come on and slowly they start flying in their natural patterns and they group together yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. like shoals, they're oh, like wow. shoals of fish. Nice. And it's really like being under the sea and like, it was beautiful. And the way, like the longer they fly for, the more they get into their routine. Yeah. And then you've got some little rogue guys just like yeah, yeah, flittering yeah. off over there. And um, yeah. It was it was amazing. It's cool. really amazing. But he also does those other stuff. So he does um he tattoos uh pictures of pigeons. I'm on a waiting list. It's oh really, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, of course. Would would he not of do course. a swap with you? Uh I've not asked him. I just I just Is like he aware his work. Of you as, I don't know. I know a... people that know him. Um but I don't know. I don't I'm not I just like his work. I don't need to go and make friends with him. I just like his work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, I meant, but it, it'd be nice to have a sort of another. Oh, well, I'll probably make him a present. Mate. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if I when when if I go get tattooed by him because it would be in New York and there's whatever. But I'd like I'd definitely make right? him something like pigeony. Mm. I'd definitely like give him a ring. But I'm not. I just I just love his work. Yeah. I don't want anything from him. I don't, I'm not like, hey, we've got so much in common, dude. Let's be best friends. You like pigeons? I don't. No, it's like I just his work's amazing. He'll ask I like. Your name I like. When you his... whip out your sign. <laughs> oh, that's, maybe I should do that. My name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one moment, please. They're not that portable, even with the coffin. But yeah, totally worth it. Totally worth it. I'll do that. I'll Brilliant. take the sign. You're right. You're right. If he doesn't ask me my name, really awkward. Um, he's done like he's done a bunch of uh, like embroideries of different pigeons yeah. and like I can't remember how many did he did loads and they're all different pigeons. Nice. Um, and some paintings. He's done a lot of pigeon related stuff. I'm into all of it. It sounds like you're into pigeons. Yeah, I'm pretty into. And pigeons. is there another four, or is there just five of him in your group show? Uh, we could probably just four other pigeons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, I've got a, a list. racing pigeon. I got four. I got four on my list. I could probably think of another one. Um, so there's a guy called Wallace Chan, who is this like old school sort of stone cutter, and then he's developed this this technique that's like pretty much all his own, um, and it's he kind of borders. The reason why I really like his stuff because he borders between craft and art. Like, what he does is art, but what he's learned is a craft. Mm. And there's such a, to me, there's such a divide between craft and art. And art, like, craft gets looked down on because it's not art. And some art, I mean, like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But, and then the lines are blurred, you know, but still... It's crossing over more. I mean, look cross- at Alex. You yeah, know. of course, of course. I mean, it is crossing over more, but you still have that, like, I don't know. To me, it's quite interesting. But he's someone who's learned a craft, learned a skill, and taken it so far. So he does this thing he, where he engraves, like, 
a face into the back of a stone. And then, like what I was saying about setting a heart Mm. underneath, um, but like next level, yeah. And and then he facets the front of it so that the face is like, is uh, fractured. Yeah. Like, 70 times or yeah. whatever within this cut that he designed he makes I think it's like four pieces a year or something and each one's like two million pounds or whatever but it's insane like the love that he has for his craft and what he's created from it is just like really, an art in its own yeah it's an art in its own he's yeah when especially from a time he's a pretty old dude now like especially from a time when craft wasn't definitely wasn't considered art and he's like developed a technique, you know, and just like really fine-tuned it. And um, I think that's, I think that's pretty amazing. But I think this, I don't think this would be a very good like art show, by the way. I don't, it, no, I wouldn't it, put all these people in one. No, it's just the artists that you admire, yeah, it's like, Yeah, just people respect. that I like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know if I want to do the others. <laughs> Can I leave it at that? Yeah. I mean, if it's like mates, you know, like, I could just fill it. Of course. But I'm trying to think of people who, one, you haven't already interviewed, and <laughs> two, like, that explain, I don't know. Which is where, where your mind goes to, isn't it? Yeah. For, for inspiration and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and it's, it's ideas. I'm more inspired by ideas than, like, finished things. Would you consider making a piece yourself that is to be looked at rather than worn as in make an artwork from jewelry yeah well I mean that question in itself shows that there's that there's a different way of looking at something if it's jewelry Mm. you know like just because it's worn on your hand why does that mean that it's not art? Oh, no, I, I'm not saying that at no, all. No, I'm not totally saying agree. that you are, but I'm just saying... It's not like, like when just we look the at fact that that question is a question. It's like, do you see what I mean? Above us here, we've got work in a display case, a necklace. Because it's been taken off the neck and into a display case, it's yeah. already a different... It is yeah, it's a different, different entity. But for me, I like art that isn't necessarily in a gallery. Mm. No, and I I'm agree. inspired by things that aren't like... I don't think you need to put something in a display case before you look at it in that way mm. you know you can look at something and enjoy it and look at it like it's art if it's just a piece of rubbish on the street that happens to be really beautiful mm. like the idea that it needs to be in a cabinet or like not have a purpose like not be able to be worn to be able to be viewed as as art is um it's interesting yeah but in response to your question like yeah i would yeah yeah and like I'm thinking of things at the moment that I'd like to do more like that. The problem I have is that um, uh, there's a lot of people that want to get engaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a so, uh, bit and of a that's setback, amazing. It? You know, it's lovely, but there's, you know, there's I hand make everything myself. So I have a small team that help me, but essentially, like all the bespoke stuff, all the one-off stuff, I'm doing all of that. There's bits that I don't have to do myself and the other people are better at doing and stuff like that and like the collection is a, is a range of pieces that I've made you know perfected to the my ability at that time um, and we reproduce and we reproduce them and the girls can do that you know and they reproduce certain ones of those and they can be produced without me personally making each one 
Um, I still do probably one or two processes on each of those. Mm. Like most of the stone setting, uh, stone settings that I've designed. Some of them are, you know, but um, there's only a couple that can be produced without me doing something on them. So that's fine. It's not that I wouldn't, but the bespoke side of things, you know, they're all one-offs. They're all creations. Yeah. Like they're based from like conversations of talking to people and, you know, and I love doing that. But it, this is my life, you know. Good. <laughs> Good. And the work, all the work I've seen of yours has very much an antique mm. feel about it, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't, um, I don't really like contemporary jewellery. As a contemporary jeweller, not into contemporary jewellery, um, I find, for a few reasons, but I, antique jewellery, I love. I love it. I collect it. I go to markets. I look at it. The V&A, like, people ask me, like, oh, what's good, like, you know, jewellery shop or whatever in London? It's like, I don't know. Go to the V&A jewellery room. Yeah. That is insane. I go there probably once a year. I see different things every time I go. They've not changed that collection. I just, it just changes the way you look at things. And, like, it's amazing. Like, the way they made stuff in the past, the skill sets people had in the past, and the way that you'd spend so much time on one piece, like modern jewelry, the reason it's so bland and boring is because they've taken out all of that stuff. They've stripped it back yeah, to the yeah. bare minimum, which is a rock, you know, a dowry. Yeah. On a bit of metal, yeah. On a bit of cast metal yeah. that's cadded. It's not like that love of what you do isn't there anymore. and. I love antique jewelry and the old skills that they have and there's humour in it as well mm. like they do some weird stuff <laughs> man like it's cool yeah it's just what I like yeah. it's what I like but I think also with a lot of you can because I'm using um, because I'm using because I'm con like already subverting a shape if you do it within a piece that looks quite traditional you can trick the eye, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. I've got a piece called The Claws of Engagement, and it looks like a traditional sort of emerald cut, like, antique looking, yeah, maybe a little yeah. bit too big, because it's, like, comically big, mm. but it looks like you wouldn't notice that it's pigeon claws and yeah. that it's got this thing behind it until you actually get up close and look at it. Yeah. And I like that. I like the, like, when I first did shows, people would come and go, oh my God, look at all this beautiful jewelry. And I'd go, oh, they're all cast from pigeon's feet. And they'd be holding one and they'd literally drop it and go, and like walk off. Yeah. And it'd be like, uh, it's just different. It's just different. It's what people look at. But I like that. I like the idea of, it's not tricking someone, but it's subverting something. It's making something beautiful out of something that's not considered to it, be. We all know that there is a, a, a more or less a claw that holds a stone. Yeah. And to not notice that it's a pigeons for I, I'd, I'd, I'd like that that people haven't noticed yeah I mean very proud of my pigeons feet so I'm not trying to hide <laughs> them from anyone but yeah I do think it's interesting it's interesting but I think that's that's why it's nice to create different pieces yeah. because I can create one piece which looks like a very traditional engagement ring, you know, like you really might not notice at all. And it's very, very subtle and it's very much the last thing that you notice. Or like the ones 
where it's a pigeon claw where you've got six claws coming around the finger and three of them have got one or two rings on nice. you know you can't not notice that that's a pigeon hugging yeah, your finger yeah. and but it's all different things you know like you need I couldn't choose between them but yeah I showed my daughter this morning when I said I was mm. talking to a jeweler I mean she's she's 12 my daughter and I said look this is what she makes and when she saw it, she went, oh, I like that. And I went, look, look at what's holding the stance. It's a pigeon's foot. And she went, oh, that is really cool. Did she? Yeah, good, she yeah. really liked it. Because people either like <coughs> it more or they like it less. Oh, I can't see it. I can't you understand why anyone would like it less. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, when I first started doing this, like, I didn't do this because I thought I'd make money or sell. I never thought I'd sell. When I first started casting that pigeon foot, I never thought I'd make jewellery and sell it. Because I just thought that's just something that I want to do. Like, my tutors aren't even into my pigeon project. And I've not even brought <laughs> in the dead pigeon in a box yeah. yet. So, like, <laughs> this isn't going to get any better. You know, like, the chance... Like, I never considered that this would be, like, a business. But, yeah, so I I started doing this just, just for fun. Just because I wanted to explore it. I thought it was an interesting idea. I found it interesting. And but I But when someone has that much passion about something, it emanates... Yeah. And that's why people buy into it. Because yeah, you're, you're not you asking them that. to buy into it. You, yeah, exactly. I never asked No, like, people, people buy into yeah. it. So it's got to be good if people are buying into it off maybe, of their own back. Maybe, but also there's people that really believe believe that they're amazing and that spend their whole lives like, on one thing and it's no one ever buys into it, you know? Like, just because so you, you love it, it doesn't mean it's good. But then you've and proved I think that it must be because... As you said, you've got people queuing up to um, have an engagement ring made by you. Um, if you keep pigeons, you're called a pigeon fancier. That's the name. They're mm. pigeon fanciers. Isn't that nice? Or perverse. Depends what they do with the pigeons, isn't it? <laughs> you didn't have to take it there. They just fancy them, you okay. know? Yeah, they don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> If you oh. wasn't a jeweller, an artist, what would you like to be? What would I like to be? Or what would you want to be? What would it be? I don't know. I really don't know. I think I always, it was always important to me. I've always been creative, and but it was always important to me to be able to make my own money. I didn't want to be an artist that had to wait for the approval of an industry mm. before they could get a show you yeah, know nice. like it's very important that I can create something and sell it to someone who likes it without needing that approval mm. and that is you know the art world like that's what you need you need to impress these people yeah, yeah. and then other people will get to look at it and I don't like that but that's just from my upbringing. That's not from. Um, no, I think a, a lot of people. Yeah. So I'd have always had line. some sort of a business, I guess. I'd obvious. I'd always, yeah. But even like the jewelry industry, I was never really supported by the jewelry industry. I've never been like pioneered by like you know like the the jewelers or whatever who who do pioneer like young independent jewelers and stuff. Like there's a lot of that. But I've never been picked up, and they've seen my work, you know. But do you push yourself away from them, or do they push oh, I have now. you away from them? Um, I think they just didn't like it. Or neither. Um, I or tried. Sometimes I you tried. Want to different. When I started, I tried. I entered a few sort of like competitions. There's a competition called the Rock Vault, which is quite big. 
um, which was run by Stephen Webster, who's sort of like the mm. rock star jeweler, yeah. 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 But um, but yeah, people like that, you know, people like that who are in the position to part to be pioneers for young up and coming designers and makers. They never saw potential in my work to the point where I never got anything like that. But it doesn't matter because people bought my work, mm. and that's more important because there's people that they did pioneer and they were like, oh yeah, you're this, you're that, you're great, and work like they've not got businesses. It doesn't mean just because they like them. I'd rather I'd rather have people like my stuff. Than approval from than others. approval yeah. from others, yeah. And now, now I don't need that approval. Like everyone still seeks it in some way, but now I don't. You yeah. have become a brand in your own right, haven't you? Uh, people say that it's not something that I'd say about myself. I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it you isn't. You know, I don't think anyone should really no. say that. About I mean, I didn't know any jewelers other than Stephen Webster. Yeah. yeah. When I said to someone that I wanted to include industries I'd like to include outside of fine art. Yeah. And, and I wanted ev everyone creative. And when I, I, I didn't know anything about jewellery, I, I was recommended Stephen Webster, looked into it. I was, I don't know jewellery, it looked fine to me. And then... <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> it was sparkly and metally. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, then, you know, I come across you via... Alex and um, Emily. Yeah. And well, I mean, I'm like, not talking yeah. to him. I'm talking to you. So there's the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you got anything coming up? Is a question that I ask. Um, I don't really do shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. London Tattoo Convention. Is... Of course. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, all my mates are there. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> You're, have you got something there yourself? Yeah, I do every year. I do London Tattoo Convention and Brighton Tattoo Convention. And they're the only two shows I do. Do you tattoo? Uh, I have, but I don't. Oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> so you show your work there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I no, think no, it's fine. Some people cross over. You're adorned with... Well, I wouldn't like to think how many tattoos you've got. I can see half a Not dozen. enough. <laughs> yeah. Never. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I take, I've got a stand there. We're in the same place every year. I've done it for years. It's nice. so much fun. Um, I used to do jewellery shows and stuff like that, but the jewellery crowd aren't as fun. And it's just, yeah, I'm not into doing it to, you know, get myself out there or whatever. Mm. It's just like, it's a fun place to be and my mates are there anyway, so why not? Why not, yeah. You're yeah, there yeah. anyway. Might it's wicked. A, it's earn wicked. a few quid while you're there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice to talk to people. It's a very different environment. Like, what I do, you know, I'm in my overalls. I wear overalls most days. It's messy and it's dirty and I'm sat here on my own or with one of my girls and we listen to podcasts and the radio and, you know, audiobooks. Yeah. And we sit and we make jewellery. Like, it's not that glamorous. Like, my have nails, a little bit of rock and roll in your my life. My nails are shit and <laughs> I'm pretty dirty. Yeah, lasered to fuck. Hurts. <laughs> so small you want it like at least an elaborate scar so painful um yeah so it's nice to it's nice to get out and to see people and to be like oh and just like have those chats and like sometimes people say things that are really interesting about your work sometimes they don't whatever yeah I mean, but I could... it's it's interesting it's nice to to just be in a different environment i could imagine a jury show being quite Blonde or beige, as you know, you it's might say. It's a lot say, of contemporary jewellers, and I'm not into contemporary jewellery. 
the same. And it's en masse, you know. Anything en masse is quite... Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of... They're really badly lit. It's so bright and you've got to stand there and smile and talk to people and perform and answer the same questions yeah, like 10 yeah. times a day. Like, I'm not good at that. I'm press, really not good at that. Just exactly. yeah, listen to that Do you know answer. what I mean? Just get a sign made by Alex, <laughs> sit down, have a gym martini. If anyone asks you a question, just point to the sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where can people find you? Website, social media? Just Instagram. I just think Instagram is the key. And your name is? Tessa Metcalf. On Instagram, on I mean. Instagram, I'm, I'm well aware of what your actual name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you not? <laughs> for spelling reference. <laughs> um, yeah. I think Instagram's incredible. Like, that whole thing of being able to reach people without having someone in between telling them what to look at. Um, punk on its own, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's really great. Um, there's a things about it that aren't so great. But... Of course. In, in principle, it's a beautiful thing. And... Um, I've got quite a large following now, but I didn't used to, and it's grown up so like slowly and steadily over the years that it's like it's amazing, and they're just people that love your work. Good, and it's it's just people like it's just people that like your work, and that's just great. And it's so nice to be able to share your work. But I think Instagram's the best. Also, I'm quite slow updating my website, so yeah, it's on yeah, yeah. Okay, but well, that's all the questions done, Maybe. Tessa. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Gary. Oh, thank you, darling. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Good. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have fun editing it. There you go. Tessa Metcalf. Now, I was nervous about this podcast because I'd never met Tessa and my knowledge of jewellery design is minimal. But like any conversation you may have with someone who's passionate about what they do, it can only ever be a bloody interesting conversation. Now, I was told by both Emily and Alex how easy Tessa is to get on with. And my meeting Tessa for the first time just reminded me when I met Gina Soden for the first time. I stepped into their workplace, said hello, and it was just like an old friend I hadn't spoken to for a little while. And how touching was that story about her brother coming up with the idea of a pigeon actually wearing a ring on its foot? And as Tessa mentioned there, her brother had since passed. So how beautiful is it that every time she's making one of those rings, when she's placing it in the shop window, she can just pause for a moment and just say thank you to her brother. Beautiful. So when you've listened to this, pop over to Tessa's Instagram page and you'll see one of the rings we're talking about. And if you're moved by what you see, you could go over to Tessa's website which is www.tessametcalfjewellery.co.uk to make yourself a little purchase. As this podcast is released on Monday the 19th of September, Carrie Rykar and Bob Osborne are having their Cash's King 2 exhibition opening tomorrow night on Tuesday the 20th at the Saatchi Gallery. This is an exhibition that rejoices in defacing of banknotes. And there is absolutely dozens of artists from all over the world taking part in this show. A company in this exhibition is Bob and Carrie's book, which goes by the same name, Cash's King 2, where I was lucky enough to be asked to curate a section of this book. You'll find the section I was invited to curate on pages 160 through to 165. There's defaced banknotes by myself, Lee Ainsworth, Ray Richardson, Tommy Sterling, 
Ryan Callanan, a.k.a. Riker, Heath Kane, Bill Daggs and Lewis Bannister. Now, Tommy Sterling is probably the one there that popped out to you of the name that you hadn't heard of previously. Now, at the time when Bob and Carrie asked me to curate a section of this book, Tommy was awaiting sentencing in HMP Wormwood Scrubs, and Bob and Carrie thought it would be great to try and get him to deface a banknote for us. So I had a note sent in to him, and obviously it had to be under the radar. But all's fair in the name of art, right? Well, by the time he completed it, he'd been moved up to Liverpool. And after a little bit of to-in and fro-in with this elusive banknote, I'm pleased to say it'll be in the book and going up on the wall in the Saatchi Gallery, alongside all the other artists in my section. So to find out more about Cash's King, the exhibition, and Cash's King, the book, your best bet is to go over to Instagram and contact Bob or Carrie. Bob's name on Instagram is Rebel Not Taken, or Carrie, who is at Carrie Reichart, and just see the amazing stuff they've got going on over there. I'm hoping to record a special Cash's King episode with Bob or Carrie once the exhibition's out of the way and they can actually relax for five minutes. And I should say, all the artworks in Cash's King are for sale. And as far as I'm aware, they are all framed. So that's all from me for this week. So as ever, on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast, you should be able to like or subscribe or even leave a comment. I would urge you to do all of those three for us. It'll only take a few seconds. It really helps us as a podcast and anyone who wants to find an art podcast. So thank you all for listening and until next week, ta-da. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.